The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So the Minister for Education, Norma Foley, is with us. Thank you very much for joining us, Minister. And we will talk about the building of new secondary schools in a second. But what's the point of building new schools if you don't have enough teachers to actually teach the classes in them? Well, uh, thank you, Matt. Um, There is always a point in building um, uh, and making additional accommodations available, whether new builds, extensions or whatever. And the department has had... Uh, over the last two years since we came into government, very ambitious programme, 180 schools built last year, 300 schools on site under construction presently, a uh, thousand more projects on hand and the 58 that were uh, previously paused, we have come to an arrangement. I want to acknowledge uh, the work of um, my cabinet colleague, Minister Donoghue, in that respect, that uh, those projects will now proceed. So it's an ambitious programme of delivery in terms of school building. Uh, notwithstanding that, I appreciate the point that you raise in terms of staffing. Uh, I think... The issues of staffing are, you know, and the challenge in terms of staffing is not unique to the Department of Education. We're seeing it right across, whether it's in retail, whether it's in, you know, um, tourism, whatever you, you, you want to mention at this point in time. But the Department is working very closely with the partners in education and with all uh, interested, um, I suppose, actors in the education sector. And we have, for example, more than 3,700 newly qualified teachers. We have 2,700 student teachers who are now available. Um, so many of them will stay schools. in Ireland because there's a perception that an awful lot of young teachers now decide to leave. Or even if they do enter the Irish system, after a while they decide, well, actually, faraway fields are greener and that's where they head. Well, I think, to be fair, I, you know, I accept that um, that's the prerogative of young people to do that, um, you know, and they will at various times, uh, you know, um, in the past and indeed currently, uh, you know, young people have always, um, you know, sought to do that. And as I say, that is their prerogative. But notwithstanding that, teaching remains an incredibly attractive career. We have, for example, if you were to look at the applications this year alone, uh, in terms of young people who are interested in pursuing a career in teaching, more than 11% of an increase this year alone in CEO applications. Um, I think it's a career that's held in very high regard in this country. Um, and as I say, we, we see um, year in year an increase in those who apply to it. Um, Sorry, we- there is a text message from a listener, actually, who wanted me to ask about the uh, why the CAO points are so high I mean, does that in some respects maybe dissuade people who would be good teachers from getting onto the courses because they can't actually get the points? No, I think, uh, to be fair, it has always been competitive in terms of teaching, but notwithstanding that, I've I've recognised that this year and more than 600 additional places have been made available this year now um, for a weekly... Would that bring the points down? Well, that's a matter. (laughs) That wouldn't be within my gift or that wouldn't be my prerogative, but um, I am making, you know, we have made the additional places available, um, 600 additional places available for teacher, you know, initial teacher training. I think that's a positive. Um, I think it also speaks volumes in terms of, um, you know, the interest that young people have in becoming uh, teachers, involving themselves in the education sector. And I think that can always uh, be but a good story. But you use the word attractive mm-hmm. as a professor. But as it happens, the Secretary General of the ASTI only today said that teaching in Ireland is no longer being viewed as an attractive pro- profession. And he said most teachers are emigrating to America or the Middle East to get work. 
Well, again, <laughs> I would say to you, and I, I can only use the data that's available to me also and say that, you know, the CEO applications would tell a very different story. I, I think it is. But sorry, for secondary school teachers, yeah. does that apply the CEO as well? Well, uh, well, it, it can it can depend the route that's taken by the the um, um, by the uh, post primary teachers. Um, but in the round, I think it's a significant increase and it's a significant um, testament to to the value that's placed on teaching. Well, well, but see, again, let's I take the data because he yeah. said there are approximately 120,000 registered teachers in the Irish Teaching Council, but there are only 70,000 teachers in primary and secondary schools. So where are the other 50,000? Oh, and, th- and that's, that has always been the nature of it. I mean, people are free to have a teaching qualification and indeed continue their registration with the Teaching Council, but they may well choose to do other things at any given time. Such as become a TD or minister, is it? <laughs> Not all of them, but many of them or some of them, um, I think, if you were to look at the House. But yeah, they do choose to do other things. And to be fair, I'm going to, you know, make a, a statement in relation to that. I, I think it benefits, um, you know, um, those in the teaching world, I think the more opportunities you have to sample other aspects of life and, you know, the greater, uh, I suppose, uh, talent that you bring back into the classroom. So many will choose, you know, for different reasons, some of them for family reasons, it could be home care, it could be whatever, you know, they will maintain their registration, but they may not be available for very personal reasons um, and very definite reasons uh, in, in terms of availability in the classroom. But as Ben told us in the news headlines, there are no major issues in relation to the availability of subjects, that there are schools dropping particular subjects because they don't actually have teachers to teach them. Yeah, well, I, I do want to acknowledge, look, um, as I've said to you previously, there are challenges in the education sector and there are challenges in every sector across the country. Specifically, though, we have been very proactive in the area of uh, attempting to find solutions, working with the partners in education to do just that. So specifically, you've referenced there, we'd say, particular cohorts of students, so uh, of, of teachers. So uh, we are conscious that in particular areas, whether it's in the areas of physics or Spanish or maths or indeed Irish, that we are particularly challenged in those areas. So for the last number of years, the department has introduced an upskilling course in each of those areas, a cost fully covered by the department, uh, so offered free of charge to teachers who wish to upskill in that area. Uh, we are currently looking at other subjects. So do, do they engage with that? The yes, teachers? they do indeed. Oh, absolutely they do. Yeah. And that has proved to be quite successful. And we are now looking at advancing it in other areas. So, for example, Irish is coming on stream this year. So, you know, no one, I suppose, no one solution um, will will remedy the situation in which we find ourselves. But we are looking across a whole, um, you know, cohort of measures. So, for example, we also have, <coughs> excuse me, um, a teacher share scheme. So, for example, we're advising schools where they have limited hours available in a particular subject. Their neighbouring school may have limited hours. So, but collectively, they would be in a position to come together and offer uh, a full teaching post to a teacher. So, the teacher share scheme has been introduced. Um, restrictions have been lifted on all those who are on job share or, or whatever the case might be. So, we have in consultation, and I want to acknowledge the proactive engagement of the teaching unions, the managerial bodies, everybody around the table seeking to address the situation. How much of it comes down to that teachers feel, particularly new teachers, that they're not paid well enough and that the scale to which they will move up goes on forever, that they just feel that there are other jobs available to them or the same job in different countries where they will be rewarded better and where they may also find that the cost of accommodation is more in tune with what they've been paid. Look, um, I, I want to acknowledge, you know, everyone would like to maximise the best starting out pay for themselves. I absolutely acknowledge that. But I think considerable progress has been made, you know, particularly under building momentum. So, for example, we have a new entrant or a new teacher, we'll say, beginning her career um, this September. So from October, she will be on a or he will be on a salary of €41,000. Um, um, 
the the issues, I suppose, um, you know. Sorry, how many teachers actually, though, get that full time payment? Because an awful lot of young teachers complain that they can't get full hours. They're only offered part-time hours. They're not offered any permanency. And that then creates its issues in relation to securing rental accommodation. And it certainly means they won't be in a position to be able to buy something. Well, again, as I've said to you, you know, and you've referenced there that the union have, have shown data that where there is, um, you know, the difficulty in attracting teachers. But um, there's also, there are contracts available there. So it's it's... It's either one or the other, like the contracts are there um, or the staff aren't there or the other way around. But we're saying that the contracts are there. Um, for example, I've referenced a scheme if a school and a school must manage its own availability of staff and the requirements that it might have. So if the school, for example, has X number of hours available, it can partner with a neighbouring school um, that might utilise the teacher as well. And there you have um, um, a, a full contract being available there or full hours being made available. So I think that's significant. Um, I, I think the, the question is, um, you know, how flexible have we shown ourselves to to meet the challenges uh, that are there that are not unique to the Department of Education but are across a whole variety of sectors presently and I think we have shown ourselves to be quite flexible in terms of you know tweaking initiatives that are there introducing new measures and indeed being flexible enough to look at all other measures that might be needed going forward as well and we do that in the spirit of collaboration with everyone around the table. How many years were you a teacher? Um, a good number of years over 20 anyway. Okay how would you compare the workload of being a teacher with being the workload of a TD and indeed minister? Um, I think they're two very different jobs. Um, I would say in the first instance, I loved every minute and moment of my time in the classroom. Um, hugely fulfilling, um, very positive work, very fulfilling work in that you're working every day with young people. And I would like to think I learned as much from them as I hope that they learned from me. So, uh, But the job that I do in terms of um, being a public representative is very different. Um, it because I happen to be within the portfolio of education it means I can continue my interest and my experience of education but I think they're two very different jobs. The reason I ask is is because often teachers are sensitive in relation to any questions been raised raised about the numbers of days worked or the hours worked in a particular day. Now that you are working at something else, do you have you changed your opinion as to the workload that is endured by teachers? No, I'm very conscious of the work that and I visit schools the length and breadth of this country and every single time I get the opportunity to say it, I say without reservation, uh, we are blessed beyond measure in this country to have a calibre of teacher. Uh, and I would go beyond that. We have the SNAs, we have the school secretary, the school ta- caretaker, we have um, the school principal and deputy principal, the entire team, if you like, who give unstintingly and go above and beyond often what I would say is the job description, do so much work in a voluntary capacity within the school as well. Um, so I don't think it's right to compare one type of work with another when they're not comparable. They're two very different types of work, equally valuable. OK, there are some listeners saying that teaching has changed dramatically, that now there's an awful lot of time spent box ticking and doing administration rather than teaching. Would you have sympathy for teachers who complain about that? Well, I, I think in fairness, I think in every line of work that we're in today, there are there are new demands and additional demands, um, whether it's in areas of child protection or whatever. I think it's important that we fulfil the obligations that we have Um there, you know, I, I think no two days in, in education are the same uh, because no two children will be the same. So different children will have different demands. And I think we uh, within teaching, there is an extraordinary flexibility to meet the challenges and to meet the individual needs of people as we meet them. So um, I think we, we have an obligation to 
meet the new demands of the new day, but we also have an obligation, as I said, to put front and centre, I suppose, the children every single day. Okay, there's a question come in from a listener, and this is something we have raised previously with you, I think, but definitely with other ministers, and about the possibility of having a special pay scale for teachers in urban areas, such as Dublin, because teachers get paid the same in whatever part of the country they're working, but the living costs can be dramatically different. And a lot of Dublin schools in particular are finding it very difficult to attract and retain teachers because they can't afford the costs of accommodation. Is there an argument for paying teachers in Dublin and maybe other cities better to reflect the cost of accommodation? Look, I, I, I don't take for granted at all the extraordinary challenges that people are facing these days, particularly in the area of housing. And um, you will be aware that from a government point of view, it is a singular priority of government and indeed of Minister Darrow O'Brien. And there's a whole suite of measures that are uh, that are on stream now and more to come. Um, it's interesting in terms of the, the point that's made around a Dublin allowance, similar to perhaps the reference we made to a London allowance. It's not something that the unions uh, have pursued. Um, I think uh, it's not something that's on my table at this point in time. Um, I think we, we need to be cognizant of, of the work that is done, irrespective of where you are geographically. The work is the same for teachers. It's it's hugely demanding. I absolutely accept that. Uh, and it's not determined in that respect by, by geography. But notwithstanding that, government has also introduced you know, a significant number of measures around cost of living um, in excess of 1.2 billion was introduced recently in terms of cost of living. And that was on top of uh, in excess of 4 billion in terms of um, all that was introduced during budget. And that crosses a whole plethora of areas, whether it was, you know, children's allowance, whether it was a state pension, whether it's a um, school transport, from my point of view, or other measures or indeed back to school allowance and all of that hot school meals. So I, I, I think... Um, at present, that's not on my table. Um, I, I think the, the, the work that that happens in teaching is quite similar irrespective of, of the geography. Well, one final one, and this is something that you did float previously and then you backed off a little bit, the idea of stopping career breaks, given that there is such a dramatic shortage of teachers at present. Is that something that should in the overall common good be revisited? Well, uh, to be fair, uh, there was no specific reference at any point uh, either to um, specific measures like career break. That was never mentioned. What was mentioned was that there would be opportunities to to tweak um, what was presently in existence. So, for example, lifting restrictions on those uh, who are job sharing, equally so those who are on career break, lifting um, restrictions on those who have a particular contract um, at, at post-primary where they fulfil their contract, that they would be in a position to teach additional hours, uh, which is uh, which we have done currently and indeed we have increased from 20 hours to uh, in excess of 30 hours. So um, they were the measures. And I look, I'm confident that we've introduced a whole um, variety of different measures. We will continue to do so. We will keep everything under, I suppose, active consideration um, to, you know, to meet the challenges that we face in education, similar, I suppose, really to the challenges that we face right across the country. Okay, thank you very much, Minister for Education, Norma Foley, for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.